Hey everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Ian and Steve of Hand. How are you, lads? How are you? Now, welcome back to the show, Ian. Steve, haven't met you before. The lads uh, decided to leave you out the last time. I don't think they trusted you or something like that. There was trust issues or something like that. Oh, so. no, well, well, they were right. Their, their judgment tends to be spot on with these things. I think it's just a drummer thing, really. In general, yeah, drummers there, yeah. are a bit mad, yeah. like, you know, would you say? Yeah, well, there's a long history of it. There is a long history of it, yeah. Congratulations on Ares. I think it's just fucking brilliant. So it is a pack some punch. I know I heard the demo, Ian, back in the day you sent it to me, which was, would you believe, a year ago, nearly to the date? Yeah. You were on the show? Pretty much a year ago. It's mental. It really flew. Um, And I remember asking you at the time, what did you think of the current metal scene? And you went, well, I don't really know because there's been fuck all gigs. (laughs) So you've had a year now, man, to soak up everything I I came across yet worn out. A survivalist and was it Foreign Wolf it was? Was Foreign Wolf, yep. Yeah, that was a great gig, man, wasn't it? Great, really good gig. (laughs) So you've been soaking it up, man, for years. So what's your opinion now? Can you give me an opinion on the current yeah. Irish metal scene? Uh, yeah. We've kind of stuck to Belfast, which is kind of strange, although things will start happening, you know. I mean, Mel of the Masses has really taught us and just opened our eyes to just the wealth of talent. I always knew that there was mm. a lot of talent in Ireland. Like, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just getting to see some of the guys, like, and get to actually know the guys in Survivalist and Nomadis as well like you know and, and just guys that are really love what they do and yeah. uh, and it shows like you know and they're not afraid to get in a van and disappear you know same as Worn Out you know same as you know there's a couple of bands you know they're just not afraid it used to be I think maybe the bands couldn't afford it or they didn't want to but like I think they certainly not, not every band had the opportunities to get in the van and go out and, and tour because it was so fucking expensive and it still is man they get across is, the man. but yeah I think there's a lot of talent out there yeah Steve would you agree with that completely yeah um, there is and as Ian says there's a lot of bands now who are more willing to actually go and put the work in and go and do that wee bit of travelling I mean there was um, there was bands from up around here even so far even back before COVID and all that you had bands like the likes of um, Acid Age and Mortemized and all that, they'd be um, taking trips over to, to Spain, playing at festivals over there, networking in their own way. So, no, it, it's great to see it happening. Yeah. And I mean, then obviously we had the bands who, <clears throat> who we saw in Metal to the Masses, or um, who we played against. And I mean, they're doing great off their own steam, even the, even the likes of Nomadis, as you say. I mean, they had an absolute blast and leveled the place whenever they played over um over in the uh, new blood stage um and it's only going to get better for them because i mean they've got so much coming up now as well so no it's 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 just great to see where it's going and they're all a lot younger than us as well yeah so yeah the future's pretty bright it is it is you, very bright you look, about it and you look at it so yeah so and were you see. genuinely surprised to win <laughs> metal to the masses oh. yeah God, yeah yeah oh. there's a video somebody took of us and uh, you can just tell by our faces you know because we yeah. genuinely thought like survivalists or you know had it they were just okay. right at the top of their game in terms of 
Then I could have gone anywhere that day from what I could see, though. Um, because everybody was on top of the on top of the game. I mean, Farnwolf, I'd never seen them before, oh. and they were just superb. Love those guys. Um, so it literally was just the only people we knew who weren't going to win. Gaffney couldn't was who was the person who was announced for second. <laughs> I was none the wiser as to who would have, who would have, been, who would have took it. You know, I suppose. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's incredible when you think of the the quality. And I, I wouldn't say opposition because I think, and this is my own opinion now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I would imagine there's a good sense of camaraderie amongst all of the... 100. Most definitely. Okay. Never felt like anybody was anybody was our competition or That's our class. opposition, as you say. It just it never felt like that. We were all just glad to be there and everybody was happy for everyone else. Yeah. And it was genuine. There was no sour grapes about any of it. Well, isn't that fucking a bread of fresh air now, to be fair? like, And I, I think that's, the, that's one of the best things about the Irish metal scene, that it's a great community, first of all. And that, that, I don't think there's that backstabbing side of it. Certainly not down here. And the fact that you're saying it as well, up up, mm. up north is great to hear, man. I think the thing yeah. where it caught my eye was the fact that every band sounds different. You know, there's not one like you know, we've said before, if we were if we were in a competition, like say Metal of the Masses and we were up against if we were a hardcore band and we were up against other hardcore bands, you know, that would be it would feel maybe more like a competition, but every band was different. Mm. There was bands of every genre within, you know, the metal realm. Yeah, and uh, that 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 makes the Irish scene very very. Mm. It does, and you mentioned, for example, there you mentioned two or three great examples. Farnworth, who I love, mm-hmm. man, they're just doing their own style. Yep. It's so fucking mm-hmm. catchy, but it's still heavy metal, man. At the end of the day, oh, yeah. um, survivalist fucking love survivalists. They're so heavy, yet again, mm. there's that sense of melody about them, and yep. brilliant frontman with Gavin. And he really is, yeah. I mean, he <laughs> fucking bosses that stage. <laughs> An intimidating bastard, yes. Yeah, that's, and that's that one of the nicest guys then when you talk to him, like, intimidating. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's really strange. I was like, I must spell his pint, but please, if you didn't, don't worry, I'll help you clean it up. You know? <laughs> He's sort of guy, you spell his pint, he buys you one. <laughs> He's a good lad. Yeah. yeah, and then, of course, Freddie and the Maddis is. Oh, man. We had a serious laugh with those guys over in Bloodstock. They were back in Blood- It was just absolutely mental. But Freddie, especially, like when he's had yeah. drinks, <laughs> he's just. I've never met anyone like him. Yeah. <laughs> he came down for Testament Exodus. I think it was maybe the Bay Strikes Back tour. There was Testament Exodus, Dead Angel. Might have been a fourth band. I'm not sure. It probably was, but uh, he went on to session with all of us, man, and we had a great fucking night. Like, and yeah. that literally was the last gig we all saw together. And then, yeah. And then so I came up for another gig in Belfast. I think it was actually the worn out one in that oh, I met right. you, and we met Freddie that day as well, and he was panning around with us. But um, he was keeping me up to date in relation to the demos that they were doing. And I was just going, holy shit, man, you're onto something good here with that. And, mm. you know, the fact that even though they didn't win the Metal to the Masses, they were still invited across, which yep. must have blown, blown their minds. Well, they deserved it, like. Thoroughly deserved Yeah, definitely. So tell us about the trip over to Bloodstock. Uh, you got the news and then, like, you have to get the planning in action, the transport. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember when the final was. Was it May or June, lads? May. It's May. May. Okay, so you had a good a good amount of time then, right? Yeah, it was a good amount of time. Like for us, it was just going, geez, what is the lesser of two evils? Like, you know, so um, we made the choice of going from <laughs> fast across to Scotland and then driving, I think it was what, six, six, seven hours, Steve, was it? Yep, six, six hours. Wow. Um, why did why on. did you choose that way? I think it was. I think cost effective wise, it was the best option. Like you know. Okay, that's fair enough. Going down, you know what I mean, and whatever else. Like so, um, yeah, it was definitely the lesser of two evils to an extent. And in fairness, the way there was crap, but the way back was great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> already don't you know. It's just like yeah. Who was but driving, for, or did you share? What is it? Who was doing the driving? Darren, he he just he loves driving. Oh, that's perfect. Driving like yeah, so he just he put the shifts in. And you were job. cracking open the cans and having the the laugh. Was that on the way back? Maybe not not in there. Not even. I think we were done in by that stage. Like even the heat, man. It was the oh, fucking heat. Fuck. like that was that was the biggest thing. The whole weekend was just at like thirty eight degrees or something along those lines. I mean, 34 and 38 for the whole time we were there. Mental. So far, remember? So, I mean, you couldn't really get drunk. Well, you probably could have, but it's just a, it takes a bit of effort because the heat, you're just sweating right out of you. I was talking to Four Knot, Steve, and uh, they were interviewed just before they went on stage and they mm-hmm. were literally dehydrated because they were told to wait in a media area and various people would work their way around to interview them. They were seriously dehydrated by the time they, they got to the stage. Is something similar happened with you or? Yeah, I can believe it. I think we yeah. we were doing an interview with Mark from Rock and Road. Okay, yeah. Him like we were just standing against this backdrop and he just had the sun beating on you. It was it was just it was mental. Yeah. But I mean the pints and everything were grand. It was like five quid for a pint and um but yeah you were just you you had to constantly drink. If it wasn't <laughs> You were drinking water, like you know what I mean. So tell us about the build-up to the actual gig. You were on at what was it three o'clock, or were, you were on early enough, was it? Yeah, three o'clock, like so. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty crazy, like yeah, because we got there the night before, so mm-hmm. we had to like basically check in in the morning. Okay, you know, passes and stuff, and then just went in and checked the place out, and went to see the stage, went to see the the Maddest Boys. Over oh, there before you. Yeah, they were on really early. Like they were on about eleven-ish. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that actually sometimes is is a benefit because you'd actually get. We were going to Bloodstock for five or six years, and we were always in early, you know, just yeah. to see a few bands, you know, just to kill a bit of time. And sometimes that works in your favor. Like when you you think you get a shit time at that that hour in the morning, actually could work yeah. in your favor. Like, yeah, definitely. I mean, they had a, they had a really good crowd. Then go and whatever else like, so. <laughs> I think that was the biggest thing. The week before we were due to play, they had announced that there was going to be a secret band on at the same time as us. And okay. like, we were praying, oh, please be someone's shit. <laughs> and it turned out to be Machine Head. Oh, I never knew that. Fuck. Machine Head came on at three o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. They played the Sophie stage at the same time as us. And I think Doyle was on the main stage. Oh my and fucking god! A couple of people we knew went to see Machine Head, and they were like, "Man, there was there was as many people in the tent watching Haints as there was watching Doyle on the main stage because Machine Head just cleared 
everybody. <laughs> so, so it was shit timing in that regard. Like, <clears throat> but man, we had a whale of a time. Like, mm. it was good, good fun to play. So professional. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just on point. So, and was there uh, any issues, we'll say, with feedback or like when you were mic'd up, you could hear yourselves on the monitors the whole lot? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Sound was very, very good. Yeah. Steve, what about you? Uh, your drum setup? Couldn't have been better. I got to, um, obviously, you know, there's like a staging area before and after on both sides of the stage. So I got to basically set my cymbals up, have everything around me the way I would have liked it whenever I was on stage. Okay. So it was literally a case just picking them up, setting them down on stage, playing the show, and then just like pissed, uh, picking them up again and then taking them off. So and I've, I've never had a turnaround go that quickly before it's the, it was the military precision oh, um, superman it, no it was it was, it was brilliant it could have probably done with more water though yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. more water yeah before that you obviously played the metal to the masses and stuff so how many gigs had you under your belt when you hit the stage at bloodstock them uh -huh. seven seven okay so the songs you were well used to the songs because i mean i know with both yourself and Darren sharing vocal duties, uh, you know, you were a well-oiled machine at that stage. I think we were, we were definitely getting there. <laughs> I think we've, we've got to the stage where Darren and I are quite comfortable. We know exactly what we need to do. Yeah. As long as we're both fitting well enough to do it, then, and the sound is where we need it to be, then there's there's no reason why we can't. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> I know for for Bloodstock to be here, get the gig it was a bit crazy, like. Yeah, and what were the songs? Can you remember on the set list that you did? Um, we pretty much played the same. We have like whenever we go into rehearsal, we we don't just practice songs individually. We have a set. Okay, and we work with that. Yeah. So it's usually Aries is always our opening track. Um, again, because it just boom, just hits straight in straight away. Um. And then we go into a song called Everything I Lost. And then we bring it down a bit to How. Okay. And it's going to be the next single Class. soon. Yep. Um, and then the next song we usually change about. So we'll change it about. I think we played, um, played a song called Screaming at the Storm. Um, I remember that title. That's a, that's an early demo as well, isn't it? With the second yeah. song we ever rehearsed. Second song together as a band. So like it has, it has been around a while, but it's just been one of the bad, the songs is kind of taking a bit of a back burner because again, lyrically and vocally, there's a lot going on in it. Okay, mm -hmm. do that, and then we always finish our set with a song called "Unbowed," which is basically our chance to let her. Well, Steve can let us. There's a lot of instrumental stuff to it, so uh, we can fucking rock out. You know, Darren and I aren't stuck to a mic. We're only stuck to a mic for like the first third of the song and then the rest of the song is just purely instrumental. Yeah, that's an interesting one because with the two of you sharing vocal duties, I, I'm sure you were aware of that anyway with rehearsals and, and the build up to your biggest gig yet, which would have been Bloodstock. The fact that you are static for a lot of the songs. Have you thought about that much? I know there's not much you can do, but can you add in a different element maybe to a different lighting or I don't even necessarily think that we need to I think the lighting any of the gigs we've done in the voodoo particularly 
the lightning's always on point. You know, and the calls he does sound there is always on the ball yeah. in terms of whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, but Darren and I really haven't thought about the fact that we are stuck to those things. Like we share enough and we do enough separate things that I can go off and go on a rage while I'm playing one particular riff. Okay. Usually I can't sing it and play guitar at the same time. Um, <laughs> and, and then we'll swap and Darren will do the same thing. So there's, there's always opportunity. But we like we like end with that song, yeah. Uh, on that, yeah, it's probably the heaviest song we have, like in terms of tuning and whatever else, like so. Yeah, lower than everything else, and then you use pedals to make it even lower, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> what song of the whole set there, Steve, is your favorite? Is is the, is it disembowed as well? It's really hard to say, but yeah, that would be one of them. It's yeah, I always I like the fact that we put it at the end because. Yeah, it is a lot of fun because it's instrumental and I get to sort of lead it a wee bit. Okay. Um, so, like I say, if we're enjoying it, we can play it for a bit longer than usual and all that there. So, yeah, well, it's a good way to finish the set. And it's, it is exhausting too, so I'm glad it's at the end of the set so we don't have to do it after. <laughs> it, is, it is probably our most progressive song, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, And is that going to be part of the... F- how many songs are you releasing? Five. And is Disembowed one of them? <laughs> really? Yeah. That's a strange yeah. one. Why why are you holding back on that? Because there's a lot to it. There's so much to it. Okay. Like we just really got our Yeah. There's probably something like fifty different time changes and, and tempo changes in that one song. So wasn't that when Darren actually wrote out a sort of a map of the time signatures and the song, and it just it was like an essay. Wow. The length of it. Yeah, because he was doing that obviously to map out the um like map out the tracks. And I didn't envy him. <laughs> he understands that stuff. No. I supposedly on paper I write it, but I don't understand it. Darren can listen to what I'm doing and then tell me, all right, that's in three, four, oh, that's in four, that, that's in uh, two, four kind of thing. And I'm just saying, yeah, okay, mm. if you say so. Um, but he's always right because I mean he maps out these click tracks perfectly, kind yeah. of thing. But uh, I was just thinking there for those of <laughs> you see, because I'm not. <laughs> I know you so long now as a band. Uh, for those that are actually watching for the first time ever and haven't a clue who Haint are and what kind of music, mm-hmm. I would just probably kind of a techno metal band with a bit of country and western thrown in. But Steve oh. is the front man and he kind of does a bit of rap music at the start. I like to think of it as it's music for folks. For elderly, yeah. old age people. Elderly, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're grey and quite frail. I think the way I play a harp is different than anybody else. Some would even say it's completely wrong. But it's wrong. an electric yeah. harp that's strapped over your shoulder, which is pretty cool. It is. It is. It's. It's it, yeah. the way I, like, you can't pogo with it as well as I would like. But <laughs> um, but it's, it, it does look impressive. Yeah. And Ian then with his wooden spoons, you know, with the triangle, <laughs> amazing. Wooden spoons and the pointy hat. There's no missing him. Wooden mm-hmm. spoons, different sized pillows, pointy hat. I mean. How could you not love it? Like? Yeah, and the missing mm-hmm. member, Darren, what would you say his input is to the whole sound of the band? He's the goth element. He's the goth, is he? Right, okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah. It's not me, the one who's sitting here in the weird lighting. It's actually Darren. <laughs> it's actually Darren. <laughs> <laughs> he does lighting as well for anybody that. Uh, yeah, yeah, so episode 141, which is the first time I interviewed Hayne, so for anybody that would like to kind of get to know the band, try episode 141, and then you can jump on to this. Yeah. 
just they go oh fuck that's them okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> but actually um steve from pure sonic outcast was in touch with me because he knew i was interviewing with you tonight and he said he's waiting for mm-hmm. a hand frying pan is that possible in the merch side of things anything's fucking possible like yeah well the way we're going it would be a shame for us not to we've come this far i think so man you know Mm. I was listening to Ariel's because we're going to play that next uh, just to give people a good taste of what you're about and it's your only song on Spotify as you know Mm -hmm. and so I was fascinated to to play it and see what was the next song that Spotify would recommend right have you you done this yet no no okay so the next song that comes up is a band called Jack and the Bearded Men yeah, <laughs> and, the, and the song is "Beware of Birds." <laughs> okay, so check that out. I'm gonna give that a go later. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna have to. Okay, right? so this is Ariel's.
What a song. I had to just get that little boom there at the base there. It's an amazing song, lads. And the fact that it's self-produced by yourselves, the chorus mm -hmm. is so catchy as well. Over, I mean, people will be singing that back to you already, as you know, Ian. Um, maybe just fill us in on thought process, maybe about the... I think the lyrics are more or less about conserving the ocean and... You'd have to ask Darren, because Darren wrote the lyrics for that one. Right. Um, my interpretation of it is kind of different, and it's you know it's probably um, it's probably not right, like because <laughs> 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 um, you know a lot of Darren's lyrics are very private and very like personal to him. Okay, you so know, to, you know? Just can't speak for them. That's fair enough. Are you singing the clean parts on that? Are you singing the chorus? I'm singing the clean parts. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean that just happened naturally. You know, it was like we'll, we'll try everything. In the rehearsal room, we'll try swapping it. We'll try dual vocals. We'll try all that sort of stuff. But it just needed something melodic over that, over those big drums and um, over that riff. Mm. So that was the plan. It sounds now. There's loads of influences I can pull out and just throw at you. But the, especially the chorus, it reminds me of early Voivod. I can live with that. I, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's drawn a lot of com comparisons. Yeah. Um, you know, from Mastodon to Neurosis, yes. you know, and, and and a few other bands like you know, but yeah, but yeah, they're the obvious uh, ones. Yeah, but I mean, I I like can hear Voivod in that as well. That's pretty cool, because like the Hall is again, it's going to be very different again. You know, it's yeah. if you remember, you know, it's more stripped back. There's no screaming at all on that it's very still has heavy parts like you know what i mean but it's it's uh it's more sort of tool catatonia inspired sort okay. of song yeah and steve as a drummer how hard is it to work with these lads because i mean there's surely a stage where they can drop off the cliff with the amount of not really i mean i can understand if i was listening to this i'd think that that was the case but I don't know, just we seem to be able to write together fairly well. I mean, even some of Ian's more sort of out there ideas, 
um, we do the two of us seem to be able to sort of connect pretty well with them. I mean, Ian will think of something sort of fairly outside the box yeah. whenever it comes to his time signatures, and it takes it, not that it does take a wee bit of time sometimes to figure out exactly what's going on and what's going where, but once we do it it tends to click pretty quickly that's great man um yeah it is it's because i mean it, it doesn't always happen i mean i've it's certainly a new one for me to have it to have songs that are that sort of complex and that tricky come that naturally yeah because there's definitely yeah. a complexity to the songs but i mean mm. i always think of a, a rhythm section there is just to hold down the low end in your guitaring as well it just you like the low end as well so <laughs> so yeah it's it's uh i think if there was any more like that's we have thought about you know having another guitarist you know we've thought about having an actual vocalist you know we've thought about and we've seriously considered recently you know thinking about having sony doing keyboards mm. And, and um and samples behind the scenes like you know what i mean but as part of the band like we wouldn't want somebody again oh this is all this is all pre-recorded you know yeah. you just have to turn up and play we would want somebody in who is every much part of the writing process is what we are yeah yeah and somebody um it certainly would would add interesting soundscapes yeah it's what we'd hope yeah that's what we hope for i mean we, we like trying to do that anyway with with what we have just as the three piece mm. so if we can find someone like-minded who would take the same approach to it as we did then it, i don't know maybe it would be something that we would at, very, at the very least look into yeah. in the future again there's oh, no yeah. decisions course, yeah. that have been made yeah, yeah. but um it was going to be somebody it would be somebody like that mm. yeah have to be point that was coming to you know is again just we're because we are a three piece we're allowing each other a bit of space yeah you know very much so we've tried really really diff- really hard to just try and make sound as massive as we possibly can mm. you know three piece so yeah i mean then you go to the other side and you look at sky pilot who i yeah. fucking love man and they will play it down to the bitter end that how simple their music is and it, again as a three piece it's simple but my god does it pack a punch I know. Mm. Oh, big time. This is amazing. Like, absolutely amazing. Yeah, 20 years, man, as well, doing it. I know. That's it. Like, I mean, I, I remember those guys from way back in the day. I remember their, God, must have been their first ever Belfast show, you know what I mean? And just, it just showed how far it goes back. But it's scary. Yeah, 20 years. Now. <laughs> yeah. And Steve, you were in Old Crusher, but you were playing bass. Is that true? Well, still am. Our course is still going. We just sort of, well, we just don't ever do anything quickly, you know. So, <laughs> in any way, so no, I'm, I'm still, um, still in our course. Um, I would like to get, we'll hopefully get back to that at some point, whenever. But just ever since COVID happened, we haven't really been able to. We we all live at different places now, so mm. we don't get practice as much as we would like. But so yeah, so and I can play a wee bit of bass as well, but. The drumming was my first thing, you know. I mean, I've been playing the drums for the best part of 30 years yeah. now. Okay. I was just wondering there, um, in relation to maybe contributing to songs for Haint. On bass or anything like that, no. There's no need for me to be trying to 
trying to compete with fucking... <laughs> you know, there's no, there's, no, there, I, I, there's no point in me doing that. I mean, I can I can play a bass, but I'm not a bass yeah, player. Okay. Where Darren, Darren's a bass yeah, player, yeah, you know? Course, so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, so there's no way I would presume to tell him what he should be doing because he'll just tell me, no, this is better, and he'd be right. Yeah. So, <laughs> that. The video side of things for the band is a, is that something that you're going to look at? Yes. Talk to me about Steve, it. Um, take it away, my man. Steve just kind of taking this on as his mantle. So, yeah. Um, I think the way we're doing it now is we're um, we'll be releasing the songs uh, individually, but then whenever it comes to the actual release of the EP. I think we're gonna we're gonna work between now and then because we do have a wee bit of time okay. uh, to get a video for uh, for like one of the lead tracks off it. It'll be one maybe that we've already released, but the video will come out to coincide with the release of the EP. Okay. It's in its full form, so I've got a bit of time to work on that. Uh, at the moment, uh, we're talking about hadn't had we we decided that it was going to be Hal, hadn't we? Yeah, so the next single, there'll be a visualizer for it, but then there'll be a video further down the okay. line. Um, so we're just going to take a wee bit of time at that and try and, try and make it, well, not pretentious. And uh, I suppose, look, at whatever fits your budget, you know, yeah. that's yeah. the first thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. We don't really have much of a budget, but we're just going to try and be sort of smart with what we do have. Yeah, because yeah. you were on about Stand that, it. Ian, with Stand Up Guy as well budgeting for a band it's a precarious profession <laughs> it is yeah that's it like you know and it's, especially as you get older and like oh shit okay yeah i've got little mouths to feed now as well and it's it's like yeah when i get away and do stuff and tour and all that sort of stuff you're like going ah, can't can't just think about me anymore yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's relevant and the, the reason why I, I brought that up obviously because especially with videos i mean Bands will tend to use live footage, they'll get studio footage in, and there's the visualizers, as you said, as well. Mm-hmm. We kind of made a conscious decision not to go down the route of just having, here's footage from our practice room, or here's this footage that's of a different song, but we're going to try and mash it together to fit this song, because it's the only one we have. Yeah. So we've, we've really tried, I, I think the decision is not to go down that route, mm. you know. Like you have um, to give a big shout out. One that immediately comes to mind is Acid Age yeah. with that video they did. Um, can't remember the song now, but it was a Roman team to it. Yes, <laughs> remember that one? Yeah, that was impressive. It was. I'm sure that was Wayne, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. It was. Yeah, he's a good. Oh yeah, he's fantastic for the team. I, I love giving him a shout out. Like. <laughs> yeah, no, he knows his way around that stuff. Like Steve, you're gonna have to really think. Outside the box, but bring it in budget. Yeah, that's it. Try and be as as clever as as we can possibly be with it, and as DIY as we can be without looking like it's DIY. So it could be absolutely dreadful and haunt us for the rest of our lives. But sure, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I love that. You know, we we do a lot with family and friends are really good at these sorts of things. So, well, yeah, not in the X Factor way. Yeah. you know, it's like. They're so good, you score next factor, and they're shite. But you know, <laughs> you know, um, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like, you know, we've we've got people who who have drones licenses and who well, can do these things. You do. With, you I know. mean, you you look at the crawling and consider what they've achieved with obviously very limited finances as well, and 
man, yep. the end product looks so fucking good. Like, so you have plenty I'm of people not. just to lean into and just get advice yeah. off of. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. They're, they're a good example of taking what could be limited means and doing something impressive yeah. with them. And if, if you're going to take a cue from someone, it'll be that. It'll be that. It'll be the likes of the yeah, crawling exactly because they really do. They put it all up there on on screen and on the on. Uh, it's it's really impressive to see. So if I could go down and do something even half as good as that, I'd be happy enough at this stage. Yeah. But sure, it remains to be I seen. I know, but I mean, like you produce your own music. Um, I'd imagine it's a balancing act for poor Darren sometimes. Like, does other stuff get pushed aside for him in relation to maybe his work on the bass? Is he always the last one to bring in his tracks to get produced? No, he has he can spend the time at, at home he, he does them in his own time mm-hmm. so um so it might be the, the last one but he's certainly not rushed and it's certainly not treated as an afterthought or anything that's because he he does spend the time with him. i mean he, he will he will always sort of go back and listen to what he's done before and, and tweak it where it needs uh, where it needs to be so um it's like he said the recordings they don't get finished they get surrendered <laughs> <laughs> so, i love it yeah so um Say he is. He, and it, 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 obviously, it's a benefit to all of us that he yes. does have that sort of attitude to it. That he'll just he will, he will keep working away at it, not, not on the production side of things and on the, his own recorded bass tracks. I mean, he always he, he, he strives for a very high standard, and well, he gets it, you know. So well, that brings his own pressures then in relation for a release date. Does it does? But it would do more if it wasn't for the fact that it's uh, we get the final say about when it's released. It's a good thing there's nobody else on the outside force putting any pressure on us because they'd probably find us frustrating <laughs> to work with. <laughs> but um, again, we get because of the fact that we're doing it all in house. It's our own that looks for the cottage industry. We can kind of call the shots yeah. ourselves and um, make up our own timeframes for it. Yeah, could you give us an example in in relation to Darren's production skills for you as a guitarist, maybe? Especially with this, these songs that are coming up. Um, it, it's really strange dynamic because I would record all the guitars in my house here, okay. and the drums were done back October of last year. Um, and then just obviously we've been focusing on on bloodstock and metal and masses and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, so so I'll record all the guitars here, have them sound tight in the way I want them, and I'll just send everything to him. Okay. And he just bundles it all together and um, and just starts the mixing process. Kind of does his own wee thing, his own wee cave. And then, especially when it came to Aries there, we, like, he would just be like, right, here's your first mix. Okay. Here's a, a non-mastered mix. Here's a mastered mix. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like, okay. you know. Um, mm. And we're good and brutally honest with each other enough to be like, Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that needs to be done. That needs to be fixed. That needs to be fixed. You know what I mean? And talk the fuck. It doesn't sound like Master Puppets or, or <laughs> Justice. <laughs> the same. Um, no, I don't think he's ever made a mistake of putting me that high in the mix. What's that? I don't think he's ever made a mistake of putting me that high in the mix. Like, so <laughs> I don't have to be good at that. But Darren has just absorbed this stuff over the pandemic, you know, in, in terms of, you know, just wanting to better himself as a producer and, and get the grips of all these things and he, he knows his stuff inside out. There's no there's no doubt mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I mean he was fairly knowledgeable to start with, but even from that he just 
he's oh he's always got some a new technique or something or a new idea or something that he's that he's heard about that he wants to he wants to try and and throw it against the wall and see if it sticks yeah. kind of thing. It's um it's great to have someone it's great to have that attitude. Yeah. And again, Ben time to mess with it. You know, to be able to be go, Okay, we've got a bit of time, let's let's see what works, let's see what doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. Um and any of the time Darren's tried anything, we've for the most part we've always agreed it sounds great. Yeah. So we'd say yeah. for the final mix of errors in relation to the second or the third version of it, you all agreed that that yes, this is this is the final one. There was no This is the one, yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we all took it away and you know it's like you have to listen to it in the car then you have to listen on the, to the TV and then you know you gotta listen to it, you know while you're on the shitter you know yeah. it's just like you know, the good thing about it then is you can take that as a template moving forward with the other songs okay. and then make tweaks and stuff as 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 it goes along so yeah so Hal is because uh, I, I, I was on to Darren, I was hoping to get Hal for tonight's show, but I mean, he said it's like literally 95% or 98% done, but it's not ready till yeah. Thursday or Friday. So you have to respect that. <laughs> um, we haven't even heard final mixes of it yet to, to sign off on, yeah. so that would be precarious for us. <laughs> Before we wrap it up, you've got a few gigs in the pipeline. Uh, Uncultured Night mm-hmm. is coming up with 7.5 tonnes of beer. That'll be great to play with yeah, them. Yeah, great to be added. I played my, I played the first ever 7.5 tonnes of beer show. I was their guitarist at the time. Yeah. They're really good lads. Like, um, And then you've Elder Druid, Insidious Void um, as well, man. You'll be under no pressure there, lads, to bring it. Be great. Oh, no, no. Be bond. Four bands that don't sound <laughs> like each other, but we're come together and just make a hell of a lot of fucking racket like that's that's the hope you know so that's on um, the voodoo on the 23rd of september yeah yeah and then we're over in england in november time okay who are you playing with or uh, whatever it's just gonna be a couple of local shows or i think we're playing god where are we playing leeds and was it rotherham leeds and rotherham that's the ones okay mm-hmm. survivalists uh, actually played rotherham didn't they or am i wrong no. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, someone hmm. played Rodrum lately. Oh, the Sky Pilot. Okay, so I think James might have a connection over in Rodrum. That's how you get it, you know. And that's how we've kind of got these gigs. You know, Darren had sort of like one of the initial shows through somebody he's known over in England for a while. Oh, of course, yeah, because he was living in Manchester for a good few years. Yes, yeah. nice. We're just waiting on one more gig, kind of be confirmed to make it a long weekend. You know, yeah. and I think that's it. You know, so we'll just again we'll jump in the car, do that, come back and back to the grind until the next one. Yeah. And then got that big night uh, of Jake's in December as well. Yeah, I'll you be know, at crypt- that. Crypt of oh, the Riff. Crypt of the Riff. Anything else to add to the show, bar the fact that Darren is missing tonight and uh, we miss him. Uh, I was looking forward to we chatting do. to him, but he's a busy bookle. <laughs> He's always, he probably is, he's probably working on Hal as we speak. Like, Wouldn't surprise That's- me. You know, it wouldn't surprise us, like, but no, just be here, man. Thanks for the support and uh, thanks for having us on. Sure, you're glad. They're like, oh, fuck, they finally got music out. Holy shit, one song on Spotify. Yeah, 100% improvement on the last time we were on. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a song coming out, was it, would I say, once every month now? Is that that the plan? That that is the plan, yeah. So the plan is Mm -hmm. 
a song every month. And will it culminate some... in an EP release then, yeah? And then an EP release in early New Year, yeah. Maybe a few tweaks in terms of production, okay. but it's make it a physical release and, and to merch and all sorts. You know, that's those big plans for that. Yeah. I presume there will be a release party maybe up in Belfast. We hope so. Yes. Mm-hmm. It'd be weird not to, like. It would be yeah. weird not yeah. to. And, you know, my birthday's in January. <laughs> if you uh, happen to do anything around then, it's a great excuse for me to get up, you know. Yep. Oh, we can organize a party birthday party for you. I'm sure we can do it. I'm sure we will then. <laughs> so that's it, lads. Thanks again, yep. Ian and Steve, for coming on the show. You've been listening to Hint. And uh, check out their upcoming release when this podcast comes out. Hal will be out. If it's anything like Air Raves, it's a fucking banger, as we like to say down here. Love it. Cheers, <laughs> lads. And crucially, support your Cheers. local medicine. Thanks very much.